0: We're starting a brand new series today. Turn in your Bible with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I'm going to jump in for the sake of time. I am so excited about this brand new series. We are talking around the idea that you are either bound in a great relationship, bonded together, or you are broken. So we are either bonded or broken. This is the whole idea that we're going to walk through today is that God does not want you to live a broken life. It is the tactic. It is the strategy of the enemy to break you. In fact, God wants you to live a broken life. He wants broken relationships. He wants everything around you to look decimated, everything around you to look like it's fallen apart. But God actually brings you into a right relationship with Him first, and then a right relationship with others. It's called the bond of unity, the bond of peace that only happens when I'm right with Jesus and I'm right with others. In fact, the more I get right with God, the easier it is to get right with others. So God doesn't want you to be broken. If you're you're broken today, don't worry. All of us have some brokenness to deal with. But the good news is that God won't leave you that way. In, In other words, we can say it this way. God loves you just the way you are, He just loves you way too much to leave you that way. So if you got brokenness, God's like, don't worry. I'm going to bring unity. I'm going to bring peace. I'm going to bring provision. I'm going to bring healing. So that you are bound to me, not to addiction, not to struggle, not bound to things that are going to destroy your future. You're bound to love. You're bound to my plan. You're arrested to what I have. So that bond, that bond with God, that bond with others only happens when we say yes to the grace of Jesus. And I believe that maybe in COVID you were closed off to God. Maybe COVID was so hard that you're like, I don't even want God to speak to me. Talk to so many people in the aftermath of COVID that they're trying to pick up the pieces of brokenness. And it's by the grace of God that God has brought you here today to say, you know what? By my power, By my outstretched hand, I'm going to bring you back to right. You don't have to live broken. I am the God of peace. I am the God of freedom. I am the God of provision. And I will provide for you right relationship with heaven and right relationship with others. I feel like you're opening back up. In fact, write down the title of today's message. It's called, I think things are opening back up you can feel it things are just starting to open back up like this last week in orange theory fitness i go to otf shout out to the treadmill shout out to the row shout out to the floor shout out to the splat points your boys out here trying to get 20 splats you feel me and and this last week we had to test our mile with a mask on people have you ever ran a mile with a mask on and and got tested okay now Pre-COVID, your boy was at a five forty. I'm not bragging; I'm spitting facts. These are facts, people. It's not braggadocious. Just letting you know where we were. And then this last week, I got tested again. I ran a five fifty-five mile. Not proud of it. Not proud of it. But 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 I was just thinking while I was running this mile with the mask on, I can't wait for things to open back up. Like I'm circling June fifteenth on my calendar here in LA because I'm like I'm trying to run this mile with a mask off. Things are opening back up. And it's not just that the world's opening back up or California's opening back up. You are opening back up. You're getting open to the idea of God. You're getting open to the idea of grace. You're getting open to the idea of connect groups, serving in church, tithing, loving your spouse, loving your neighbor. Things are opening back up. It's not culture. I believe it's you. You're getting warmed up to the idea, I don't have to stay here. I don't have to live my life broken. I think there's a God that can offer me what I cannot earn in my own accord. Psalm 119, watch what the scripture reads. Psalm 119, verse 129, watch this. Your marvelous words are living miracles. No wonder I long to obey everything you say. Break open your word within me until revelation light shines out. Those with open hearts are given insight into your plans. I open my mouth and inhale the word of God because I crave the revelation of your commands. Do you read that? He says, those with open hearts. See, I think what's happening to you is your heart is getting open. That no longer you closed off to God, closed off to his word, closed off to the people of God. No, you're starting to get open. And when you get open, here's what God does. He puts in you his love. He puts inside of you grace. He puts inside of you his word. See, what really delivers you, you need to understand this, what really delivers you is the power of his word. In fact, Jesus says, and he tells a story about this this farmer that sows a seed. He says, "You know, it fell on this kind of soil, this kind of soil, this kind of soil." He says, "Some was rocky. Some got choked out by thorns." But he said, "Those that receive the word on good soil." In fact, I was going out uh, to our, our our little front yard area. We're, we're you know we're, we're we're trying our best to get landscaping wrestled at our house. I'm now a landscape. I'm in the landscape. That's how you know you're 41 years old. You're in the landscaping. In your 30s, you don't care about landscaping. It's 40s. You're like landscaping. I'm out there every day. I take a big pitcher of water. I'm pouring water over the plants that I sowed. When you get your soil right and you get your heart right, you are open to God's word. See, maybe in 2020, you were closed off to what God was saying. Maybe you were like, I don't want to hear that right now. I am too upset. I am too frustrated. I am too angry about what just transpired. I'm mad about politics. I'm mad about race. I'm mad about mass. I'm mad about everything. And in all of your anger, let's just be honest, it produced a world of brokenness. And one of the things that breaks is it doesn't just break our hearts. It breaks our relationships. And when we have brokenness in relationship, I write about this in the book, Help, I Work With People. But there was a a study that was done at Harvard University, and they said the happiest people in the world, it had nothing to do with money or fame, cars or houses, but the happiest people in the world have great relationships. See, it's your relationships that make you happy or not. It's whether you have harmony or unity at home, harmony or unity with your community, And when that goes well, everything else goes well. But when this is broken, it's a reflection that this is broken. And the first thing God deals with is you and then your friendships, you and then your marriage, you and then your closest family members. So God is saying to you today, things are opening back up. And as I open your heart back up, I'm going to deal with you and then your relationships. And I'm going to produce in you not brokenness. It's, it's a bond. It's a bond with me, and it's a bond with others. I want you to be tightly knit to me and everything I'm saying. I want you to be tightly knit to others because that's how you're going to accomplish the will of God in your life. Come on, clap in the chat right now if you believe it. God is moving me from brokenness into a bond. If you're going to do that, you need to understand a few things. Write down number one today. You need to understand that Jesus is love. This is who he is, not what he does. God doesn't do love. He is love for God is love. This is just his character. This is his nature. This is not, he doesn't put it on. It's not like, you know, God does this six days a week and then he takes a Sabbath. No, he is love constantly. He is full of love. He doesn't know how to do anything but love. Jesus is full of love and he loves you. He's obsessed with you. I believe that if God had a refrigerator, your your picture would be on it. You, that's how much you're loved. No, God loves you so much. It says more than the sands of the seas, so are the thoughts of the Lord towards you. He's thinking about you. He's obsessed with you. He's in love with you. He doesn't take his eye off you. When you behave bad, he still loves good. He does not predicated upon your morals or your standards, your beliefs. He loves you. You belong to God. You need to just get it settled in your life. Even when I don't love me, God still loves me. See, some of us are still convinced that God's love is predicated upon your behavior. So he loves me. He loves me not. If I do good and I'm in church and I'm reading and studying and praying and giving and tithing, well, then God is in love with me. No, God loves you in your worst day. God loves you when you're broken and you're ugly and you're mean and you're angry and you're in rebellion. Oh, we serve the good shepherd that leaves the 99 goody goods and goes after the one that is in a world of pain. Come on, clap if you're thankful that when I was broken, he didn't found me when I was in church. He didn't find me when I was lifting my hands. He found me when I was destroyed. He is love you got to just re- settle that in your heart. I'm not going to wrestle with it anymore. I, I-, I love weddings. And I, I remember one, one summer, when, you know, early, this is like in your 20s, you do this. One, one summer, I was in like seven weddings. That's when you know it's like all your friends are getting married. I didn't get married till years later, but all my boys got married one summer. I love going to a good wedding. You know, the, the punch is flowing. The cake is free. The, the YMCA is getting participated in. I love a good wedding. Weddings are fun. But I always love a wedding because it's good for a 1 Corinthians 13 quote. 1 Corinthians 13 is definitely getting dropped at a wedding. 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude, it is not proud, it is not easily angered. Love always trusts, always hopes, love always perseveres, love never fails. Some guy will get up, marriage. We are here today for marriage. And we'll talk about love. And we'll say to this man who has no shot at loving this woman, you should love this way. And he's like, okay, do I get to kiss now? But if you think about 1 Corinthians 13, it is a description of the way God loves you. And we're trying to aspire. And live up to the standard of the way that God loves you. His love is patient. His love is kind. His love never envies. It never boasts. His love is never rude. His love is never proud. It is not easily angered. It never delights in evil. It rejoices in the truth. It always trusts, always hopes, always protects. His God is in love with you. He is obsessed with you. And I know you're like, ah, but I'm broken. I've got issues and I've got pain and I'm not perfect. Welcome to the club. None of us are perfect. None of us deserve God's love. That's self-righteousness. Well, you know, I earned this grace. I earned salvation. I earned this favor. No, 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 no. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He loves you because you're his. He loves you because he made you. You were fearfully and wonderfully created by the father's hands themselves. Anybody thankful today? He loves me because he loves me. Oh, I love John 13, look at it, uh, 15. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's lives for one's friends. There's no greater love than this. Jesus displayed the greatest form of love. He sacrificed his life for your life. He said, I love you so much, I'm willing to die for you. I love you so much that I will go through hardship and persecution. I will die a brutal death so you can live. I will, I will die so that you will have everlasting in life. Jesus loves you so much that he died in your place. Jesus became sin so you could become righteous. Jesus became the blame, the, 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 the one filled with blame so you could be blameless in front of God. Anybody thankful today? He loves you. And don't you think for one second it's just Jesus. Jesus loves me. God hates me. No, I love a verse in Isaiah. Isaiah says this. God says to you and I, I have engraved you in the palm of my hands. Look at this verse, Isaiah 49. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. People are like, Christians shouldn't get tattoos. Fam, God got a tattoo. (laughs) I thought you were a man of God, you've got tattoos. God has a tattoo, and it's a tattoo of you. He engraved you in the palm of his hands. Why? Why does he get this inscription? Because he's obsessed He wants the world to know they're mine. Even when they're bad, I still love them. Even when they fail, I'm still with them. Even when they're broken, I'm, still, I'm not going to leave them that way. I am thankful today that God's love is the greatest, strongest force in the universe. There's nothing that can stop the love of God in your life. Neither height, nor depth, nor power, nor principality, nor angel, nor demon. Nothing can separate you from this love. Nothing will remove this engravement. Nothing will change God's mind. You can try and change your mind. It's not going to change his mind. You ought to clap in your home today and thank God. God he's in love with me. Look at the fridge. Look at the fridge. There's your photo. Look at his hand. There's your photo. He is in love with you. I know you don't love you but God does. I know you're not proud of you but God is. God loves you. It is an unconditional love. Look at Jeremiah. Maybe you're not convinced. Let me show you one more scripture, Jeremiah 31. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness why would you sit at home and say to yourself you know what i'm opening back up and i'm open to going from brokenness to being bonded with christ it would only be an unfailing kindness It would only be the fact that he has loved you with an everlasting love. See, some people in your life have abandoned you. Some people in your life have abused you. Some people have been in your life for a season and then they're gone. But God has loved you with an everlasting love. God has loved you. It says, when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. God is an unconditional God. He doesn't love based upon merit. He doesn't He doesn't love based upon earnings. No, no, he loves you because he created you and he's for you. And life starts, listen to me, all of life starts with receiving his love. In fact, write down number two today. You need to receive. We say it this way, the work of a believer is receiving. The work of a believer is not getting in good with God, working your tail off so God loves you. No, the hardest job you've got is receiving the love of God. See, because most of us are like, no, 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 I got to earn it. Maybe in like six months, once I open, once I take the mask off, and once I really, you know, get right, once my tithing record's good, once my reading report's good, once I get in the connect group, once I serve on Sunday, then God can, no, 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 the work of a believer is receiving. You got to receive in your brokenness. You got to receive in your worst place. You got listen. He can't pull you out of the ditch unless you lift up your hand and say, "I need your help." You, he can't pull you out of the miry pit until you lift up your hand and stretch out that that pain, stretch out that brokenness, and say, "God, without you, I am an addict. God, without you, I am angry. Without you, I am disappointed. Without you, I am a mess." Come on, lift up your hand right there where you're at, and just say, "God, pull me out." the work of a believer is receiving. I'm so excited right now because we are officially in little league season in our house. We have gotten out. Things are starting to open back up little league. We, we signed up, you know, like pre COVID. Thank God it's starting back. We are in. So Julia took the boys. I was away. Julia took the boys to Dick sporting goods, spent way too much money. <laughs> Praise God. And, um, and got all the, you know, I mean, the pants and the shirts and the helmets and the gloves and the bat. I mean, our guys, are bait cleats, they are baseballed out. So I came home and they're showing me everything they got from dicks. I'm like, kind of like the dad was supposed to do that but thanks for being you know awesome mom this is great makes me feel great okay but i can redeem myself by taking them to the front yard and playing catch so i took the boys out to the front yard i got their mitts put on one, one of our boys on the arizona diamondbacks so he's got his diamondbacks glove and uh, our other son plays for a different team but he's got a dodger glove because he will be anointed okay okay he will be anointed okay so 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 he's got his gloves on and and the seven-year-old winston he's just he's He's throwing and catching like with ease. He's, my guy's got it down. He's, he's got a gun. He's got a cannon. He's catching the ball. But my five-year-old, he's five. My guy's struggling a little bit. He's throwing really good. Catching the concept is difficult. Where my guy is struggling is this. He's got the mitt on. He's got it going at the ball. But the idea of opening the glove its a hard concept. So the ball is effectively bouncing off of the glove and falling down. Now he throws it back very accurately. But when the ball's thrown to him, my guy keeps his mitt closed. So I just got to say the same thing. Hey, bud. Let's open the glove. To which he nods and agrees. But the concept's kind of hard. I wonder how often God's like, I love you. And you're like, No. The concept's kind of hard. Wow. I don't deserve this. I don't earn this. I'm a mess. I, I, I make mistakes. I'm a sinner. I sin. I, I, as if your activity determines whether God throws his love your way. As if your behavior determines God to go, nope, I'm not going to throw it to you. No, God showers you with his best, because you're a son and you're a daughter of the most high God. I wonder if you struggle with receiving. That the idea, okay, I know I'm supposed to, but I just can't seem to open my heart. Just can't seem to open my life to the love of God. Listen, you will always have broken relationships until you receive God's love because you'll never have a shot with others until you have a shot first with God. Your relationship with others is a reflection of your relationship with God. And if I receive his grace, I will give his grace. If I receive his comfort, I will give his comfort. If I receive his encouragement, it's easy to give encouragement. If I receive his forgiveness, I find myself giving away forgiveness. But if you don't first understand he loves me in spite of me, and I choose to open my heart and receive his love, you never have a life with a great bond with others because you didn't first bond with God. Oh, I just love this scripture. Look here in, in, in Psalm 23. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It's almost like God has prepared a table for you. And then there's food on it. And there's grapes. And there's drink. And there's meat. And there's bread. Oh, I miss bread. I'm not eating bread this, this whole month. And there's all this huge, huge smorgasbord of food. This buffet for you to enjoy. And you're going like, no, I don't, I don't deserve it. No, God has prepared for you his love. He has prepared his promises. Stop refusing to eat it. Jesus said, if you drink this water, rivers of living water will flow into your relationships, but you're refusing to drink. Stop closing your mitt. Stop refusing the food. Stop not having a drink. It's not about you. It's all about God. It's about his love, not your activity. It's about what he's determined, not you've determined. Clap today in your home and say, I receive your love. I receive your grace. I receive forgiveness I feel like you're opening back up I feel like something you take, take the mask of all the fakeness off stop putting on religiosity and say I'm opening my life to the things of God see cause you gotta understand right down number three it starts with you but it ends with others God always works this way. He starts a mighty work in you, but it never ends with you. What God's trying to accomplish in you. I know it sounds cliche, but hear me say it. I know it sounds Christianese, but hear me say it. He always If God can get it to you, he can get it through you. God never sees the work stopping with you. The kingdom of God, we talked about this last series, the kingdom of God is all about giving. So God says to Abraham, Abraham, just a heads up, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. God does something in you so he could do something through you. God says, I, I want you to receive my love, but I've got mission. I've got purpose. I've got passion. I've got plans. I want you to give it away. See, the world will never know that you are a follower of Jesus. If you just receive some of us, our Christianity is so unattractive because you are only a recipient. You are not a dispenser. It's kind of like a sponge. If I take a sponge and I put it under the faucet and I turn on the water and that sponge gets filled with water. I know that it cannot absorb any more water until I take it away from the faucet and I wring it out. Some of us, you can't receive anymore because you're not given anymore. you got to sow. you got to reproduce. you got to show somebody, God forgave me, of course I can forgive you. God helped me, how could I not help you? God, listen, it starts with you, it doesn't end with you. It ends with service. It ends with love. It ends with you being a recipient and being the dispenser of the blessings and promises and the favor of God. Oh, I love this scripture. Look at John 13. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another by this. All will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Listen, no one will know you're a Christian because of a bumper sticker. No one will know that you're a Christian because of your bio. No one will know you're a Christian because you go to a church and you attend a service. People will know that you're a Christian by your behavior and activity of the way you treat other people in your life. People will look at you and go, I think they're real how you know they're real like if they can forgive so and so if if they can if they can have my my parents are celebrating this week Julia's parents our parents got married same day same year same hour our parents are celebrating this week their 43 year wedding anniversary what a greater testament than having a love and a marriage that is healthy for 43 years. People will know that you're real by your love. People will know that you're sincere, not just because you receive. If you just receive, no one will know you're real. But the way that you serve, the way that you give. The, it, listen, it starts with you, it ends with somebody else. It ends with you. It ends with you giving a, a cup of water. It ends with you visiting the prison. It ends with you serving on the ZST. It ends with you serving at I Love My City. It ends with you at Zoe Cares. It ends with you in a connect group encouraging somebody. It, no one will know that you're a Christian because you go to a service. No one will know because you subscribe to a YouTube channel or listen to a podcast. People will say they're real because of their relationships. Your relationships are the greatest indicator that you're a receiver of god's love see your relationships tell the true story because if you're a receiver you got relationship if you don't receive you got brokenness you got bondage you got carnage you got fallout there's blood in the water there's carnage there's all kinds of stuff in the wake because you didn't receive God's love. You never gave God's love. But the more it starts with me, the more it ends with, we're going to bless so-and-so. We're going to have our kids blessed. We're going to have our friends blessed, our siblings. See, you got to understand this. What is under attack in your, relationship, in your world is your relationships. Your relationships are under attack. The enemy has been attacking relationship since the first family in the Bible, since the first two brothers on earth. There has been relationship, the family unit has been under attack since the first book of the Bible. And if we receive his love, we'll actually love our siblings. We'll actually love the people in our world. See, it starts with you, but it ends with others. And God is saying to you, listen, I want to shower you with my best. I want you to open your heart. I want you to open the mid. I want you to open your mind and your eye to what I could do But just a heads up, it's not just you. I'm going to let it spill out of you. I'm going to let it overflow so there's a bond with me and a bond with others. See, I think what messed with you in COVID was you were so disconnected. There's no bond. There's no intimacy. There's no closeness. You were created for community. You were created for relationship. We serve the most relational God in the history of the world. All he cares about is relationships. He says, I want you to have a relationship that's vertical, but I'm going to just a heads up. I never keep it vertical. I always point it horizontal. I make you receive here so you could give here. I'm a vertical God. I'm a horizontal God. I'm a relationship with me. I'm a relationship with others. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. It starts with you. It leads out to others and I will make your relationships the greatest story of your life. I will make your relationships the greatest legacy of your life. And people will know they're a real believer by your relationships. Come on, clap in the chat if you believe it. God's talking to me about the real stuff, receiving and relationships. Write down the fourth and the final thing today. I love this. It's a decision you got to make. You blame or bond. You build or break. You choose. You blame or you bond. You build or you break. You choose. I love God. God goes, you choose. You choose your legacy. You choose your future. You choose what your, your name is going to connotate. You, you, you choose the, the quality of your life. God is not a God of control. God is not a God of manipulation. God just goes, you choose. You can blame or you can bond. You you can build or you can break. But you choose. I love God in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy. God says, I set before you life or death, blessing or cursing. You choose. So God asks you today, what's going to be? Do you want a great bond or will you settle for brokenness? Do you want flourishing relationships, a flourishing marriage, a flourishing community? Do you want a world of brokenness? You choose. You can blame or you can bond. You can build or you can break. But it's up to you. God says, if you'll let me, if you open up, I will shower you with crazy presence. I'll heal the abuse and the abandonment. I will heal the devastation. I will heal those that stabbed you in the back. I will. I'll, I promise you, I'll heal you. You choose. But the more bitter you stay, The more broken things will remain. (laughs) The more bound you stay, the more broken your world will be. You think about brokenness, broken lives, broken homes, broken paths. Again, I said it earlier all of us have a touch of brokenness. We're humans. But it's only by God's love that there's nothing too broken our God can't heal. There's nothing that's too broken that our God can't restore. There is nothing in your life that God's looking, go, oh, gee, (laughs) you expect me to touch that? Yeah, right. Bring your darkest, bring your lowest, bring all the hurt and all the devastation, bring all the pain of the past. And I am the God. I don't just walk on water. I don't just go to weddings and turn water into wine. I don't just show up at funerals and ruin them. I don't just feed 50,000 people with a couple loaves of bread and a few fish. I don't just talk to blind people. I don't just let people get lowered through roofs. I will take the brokenness of the lineage of your family. I will take the brokenness of your college years, your young adult years. All, I don't care how many times you've been divorced. I don't care how many pills you're addicted to. I don't care how many things you've touched, looked at, smoked, been involved with. I am a God that can heal. I am a God that can restore. I am a God. I specialize in these things. And if you open up and receive, if you open up and receive my love today, I promise you I will I will bring a, a a bond between us and a bond between others some of you are so afraid of letting others get close to you it's your biggest fear that someone would find out the good the bad and the ugly and they will never love you for who you are I want to tell you that God is the brother that sticks closer than anyone else he will stick close in the highs and the lows he knows everything about you and yet still he's obsessed with you and I know that you want to run from God and you want to hide from God like Adam did because of sin shame is a bully guilt is condemnation and today you are free in Christ Jesus God showers you with love not based because of your merit or your worth but you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God God is saying to you I want to bring a bond in the spirit with me and you and you and others you need community you need relationships you need some ride or dies you need covenant friendships you need people that come come heaven or hell i'm sticking with you come hell or high water i'm sticking with you you'll never had a shot at great relationships if you don't have a great relationship with your father this relationship determines all relationships and i'm saying today i'm opening up to god god shower me god heal me god love me god receive me because i know i want relationships with people Oh, I love Ecclesiastes. Last verse today. Look at this scripture. This is beautiful. Ecclesiastes 4. Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. A three-fold cord is not quickly broken. A three-fold cord. A three-fold Cord is not quickly broken. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Threefold, you need a threefold. Now I want to show you two pictures here with a three-fold cord. The first picture we know is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This Trinity is not quickly broken. His universe will last forever. The government of peace that is upon Jesus' shoulder will endure forever. The foundation of His throne, it is righteousness, and it is judgment, and it will last forever. Through every generation, our God will be faithful. A three-fold cord will not be easily broken. Our Father and our Son and our Holy Spirit, the three are one. Anybody thankful today that you serve a triune God? Come on, clap in your house today. If you're grateful, I serve the Trinity a three-fold cord. But you want to know what else? The cord with you, God, and others. Listen to me, all the marriages that are tuning in, all the married people, it's a three-fold cord. It's you, your spouse, and Jesus. All the single people are like, ah, what about me, man? Come on, ChristianMingle.com. All right, until you get married, it's you and Jesus and close friendships. Find you somebody that's going to pray for you and believe with you. You need a three-fold cord. It will not be easily broken. Come on, clap today. Let's stand in the ministry center. Let's receive from heaven today, Jesus. We thank you. Things are opening back up. And right now, we just say to you, God, It's us. It's not Orange Theory Fitness. It's not LA or California. It's not the United States of America. It's us, God. In fact, right there in your home, just lift a hand to heaven. God, I pray for every heart to be unveiled right now. I pray for every eye that's had scales, remove the scales right now. I think that we're opening up ourselves in front of the presence of God. We say, like David said in Psalm 139 Search me and know me, try me and test me. God, I open up my heart. If there's anything you want to point out, make it right in me today. We say yes to your will and we say yes to your ways we trust in you and we look to you and we thank you God we receive right now right there in your house I want you to just put your hands out in front of you like you were receiving a gift everybody in the church I want you to repeat after me say this after me say Father God I receive your love thank you God that you love me just as I am I will work at being open to your love your grace your forgiveness and your favor god i pray over every person that is listening today we open up our hearts to receive your love the greatest force in the history of the world we say yes and amen to who you are we love you so much we love you so much jesus those of you that are streaming in you've never said yes to god Maybe you've never heard this before that God engraved you on the palm of his hands. Maybe you didn't realize that God loved you so much that he was beaten and bruised and hung on a cross for your salvation. I want to invite you to make the greatest decision that you've ever made in the history of your life. It's saying yes to Jesus. If you want to right there in your car, in your kitchen, in your room, in your, in, 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 in your living room, wherever you're at, if you want to say yes to Jesus, when I count to three, just say yes to God. One, two, three, yes. Come on, right now. People all over the world are responding to the gospel. They're saying yes to the love of Jesus. Come on, pray with me one more time. Everybody in the ministry center, pray with me. Say, Father... Thank you for grace and salvation. I say yes to Jesus and I receive his love.